As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals Number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how do you balance out environmentalism and technology in your operations? These are just some of the things that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Welcome to episode 12, season 7 of the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This episode, we are delighted to have Kirsten Holberg. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Hi, thank you. She is the environmental specialist for Greg Seafood BC and is part of the Young Salmon Farmers of the British Columbia Group. Greg's mission is to be rooted in nature. Farming the ocean comes with a responsibility and they are dedicated to providing healthy seafood to people all over the world while reducing our footprint and improving fish welfare. Welcome again to the show, Kirsten. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your role as an environmental specialist in monitoring harmful algae in the aquaculture industry and its importance of sustainable aquaculture practices. Yeah, so um, I am the environmental specialist here at Greek Seafood BC. Um, I work part of the Fish Health and Environmental Monitoring Department, and it's my responsibility to uh, monitor water quality, con- water quality conditions um, across our farming regions um, and to ensure that our monitoring programs are uh, effective, meaningful, successful, and I also assist in the research, development, and implementation of various mitigation strategies. Um, it's important to have these strategies in place um, so that we can help manage any unfavorable effects from you know, naturally occurring conditions, whether it's uh, you know, low oxygen upwelling events, harmful algal blooms, uh, things like that, uh, where you would experience poor growth or, or even mortality of your stock. Sounds good. And I know you mentioned the word strategy, which I like. Can you give us like a specific example of an action step with one strategy, just to make it a little bit concrete for our listeners? Yeah, so um, our strategies are definitely, um, you know, it's definitely based on the conditions, what kind of events that we're dealing with, but they could be anything from um, turning on an aeration system, um, a supplemental oxygen system, or even just like adjusting um, our feeding strategies. I just love when young people are so, so impressive with their credibility like you are. So I can't wait to hear some more. So maybe my next question becomes then, monitoring harmful algae in aquaculture involves a combination of scientific methods. Talking about strategy, right? Could you explain the techniques and tools you use to detect and quantify harmful algal species? Mm-hmm. So uh, we employ 
a variety of monitoring techniques to uh, maintain the conditions. Um, combination of real-time monitoring technology along with your, your human samples. Um, farms are equipped with a suite of sensors that are all throughout the water column that are continuously monitoring conditions such as uh, oxygen, temperature, salinity, etc. As well, staff are trained in the identification of harmful algal species. Uh, samples are taken throughout the day. They're identified under a microscope, enumerated, and part of my role here is to ensure that our staff have the tools, the knowledge, and any additional resources that they might need to confidently uh, make these identifications. I just love this conversation about algae because I remember when people um, do a hatchery tour in our hatchery in Royston, we always tell them about the, the gooey duck, which is a shellfish that we produce, that the food is the algae. And just like you don't feed watermelon to a baby, there are different um, kinds and classifications of algae. So maybe you can tell us more where in, if there's early detection of harmful algae blooms is crucial. So how do you work with aquaculture farmers to implement an effective monitoring system and respond promptly to potential outbreaks. Yeah, that's a really great point to make that early detection of these harmful blooms is absolutely crucial. Um, you know, while it would be ideal to have days notice um, of, of, of these events, we know that that's, that's not realistic. Sometimes even just a matter of hours could be could make a huge difference. And having time to initiate any of our mitigation strategies, whatever they may be, um, can really make or break an event whether, like I said, it's turning on your oxygen or adjusting your feeding rates, you know, the earlier that you can act, um, the happier your fish will be. When it comes to being successful in mitigation, you really want to be in the business of acting proactively rather than acting reactively. By doing this, you get the best outcome um, in terms of fish and your environmental health. And that's where a lot of uh, these upcoming technological improvements are coming into play. They're adding uh, these new tools to our toolboxes to help act proactively uh, during these events. Now that you mentioned the trend, so how long have you been in this industry? Uh, I've been in the industry since 2019. Oh, cool. Very cool. So has there been a lot of changes um, technology-wise from your department in terms of that? Yeah, um, I have noticed quite a few changes, you know, the improvements of just even the improvements of existing technology, you know, sensors are getting better. Sensors are now Bluetooth. They're real time. They don't plug in. They're, you know, you can pull things up on your phone, um, all of that sort of stuff. I get emails, I get text message alerts from, you know, from our sensors. So, you know, the, the improvements that we're seeing are, are really quite exciting. It's something to watch when you just get probably more and more real time in the coming I guess maybe even one or two years. So my quest, my next question to you is about sustainable aquaculture practices being essential for ban balancing environmental concerns with the growing demand for seafood. So maybe how do your monitoring efforts contribute to making aquaculture operations more environmentally responsible? Mm -hmm. The environment is so incredibly dynamic. Uh, everything, every day, something new. Every season is something different. You know, even especially as kind of you know. Overall, our climate is changing year to year. We're seeing conditions um, that we haven't seen before or that we couldn't predict or blooms are happening at different times of the year. Or they're persisting longer. Um, you know, we're seeing effects from species that maybe we haven't before. Um, the really the big thing is that monitoring efforts and mitigation efforts need to be extremely, extremely dynamic as well in nature. Um, you need to be able to adjust the monitoring and mitigation measures 
for for changing conditions. I like that. That's one of my favorites that you mentioned, monitoring and mitigation efforts. And so um, how did you get into all this? <laughs> um, so I started in aquaculture actually as a technician on the sea sites, but my background is marine biology and oceanography. Um, so when I started on the sea sites and I was seeing some of the, the monitoring that we were doing um, at the site level, my interest was immediately piqued. Um, and then shortly after I started on the sea sites, I was able to move into our environmental department uh, where I had been since then, um, you know, helping out with all of this monitoring uh, measures. Um, it's, it's really exciting. I, I just hope to share my, my excitement for plankton with everybody. <laughs> I like that excitement, me plankton. And I was just um, interviewing a lot of you guys for, and gals for sure at the Young Salmon Farmers of the BC Group. And it's quite impressive what you guys created in terms of your association. So what's next for you in terms of what you're seeing is happening in the industry? The industry is like the environment. It's incredibly dynamic and changing. Um, I think, you know, I think, we have a really great group here of people that are dedicated and they want to see this industry thrive and they're putting in the work to do that. So I think great things are going to come and, um, you know, yeah, just wonderful things. Well, you were talking a while ago about sensors receiving um, notification on your phone and what have you. What are you seeing as future trends in the agriculture industry? Um, the future trends that we're seeing, you know, using all of this real-time information that we're collecting, um, you know, moving forward, the, this information is feeding into um, prediction models and things like that. So having this information, you know, feeding into models that can immediately spit out an input that might say, you know, in three days, you're going to have a bloom. I can't tell you what it is, but something's going to happen based on the conditions that we're seeing you know, different species react under different conditions, different variations of temperature, salinity, um, you know, etc. So moving forward, things are really pushing towards the, uh, I know you do a lot of work with AI, the, uh, <laughs> the forecasting modeling um, and things like that to help, you know, like I said, act more proactively and less reactively to, to these unfavorable events. Perfect, perfect. Well, my biggest takeaway that I have from our conversation is when you were talking about the monitoring and mitigation efforts, and even just this last, when you were talking about how AI is able to help us to predict. And as everybody knows now, with AI, with predictive analysis, it helps a little bit of our life, which is, as you mentioned, a lot more dynamic, so we can have a little bit more proactivity versus reactivity with what's happening with the animals. How can our audience get in touch with you, Kirsten? Um, I'm available on email or on LinkedIn, um, you know, wherever you can find me is, I'm at Greek Seafood, so my email is on the website. Thank you very much for your time, and I do appreciate you. Please remember to review the show and see you next week. Remember, you, build, you help build the home in the Philippines every time we launch an episode on the podcast. Thanks, Kirsten. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. 
For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture. <music>